Welcome to the Lighthouse Experiment, a Freedom Center Church podcast. Well, welcome back to the Lighthouse Experiment podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. My name is Asha Chandler, I'm Pastor Jim Parkin, and then Nikki is on with us um, tonight. We're so very grateful that you are with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank yeah. you guys for having me. Welcome to the show. I'm glad. So, so I posted, for everyone who's listening, I posted that we wanted to talk to a, to a, a nurse. I wanted to hear from the nurses about what's going on with the nurses. So yes. I made this post on Facebook, and pretty much everybody... Tag Nikki. <laughs> I was like, well, like Nicole Cherry, shout out. But I was like, well, you could come on. And she was that like, was no. my response to her also. You do it. <laughs> you do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, so what we want to do, you know, there's a lot going on and there's a lot of misinformation and a lot of confusion. But <clears throat> the hospital you know, hospital world, that part of healthcare is losing nurses at like record levels. Really, so are we in, in pre-hospital level and EMS, um, first responder community in general. A lot of that starts with COVID. You know, that was um, hellish, if I may, you know, it was super hard. All the extra stuff, I think it was really all the extra stuff, you know, just the volumes of people. And then like we were talking about before we went online here and then it just, it seemed like it stopped as abruptly as it started. And then hospitals were laying off staff because nobody was going to the hospital. Same thing happened to us. There was like, it was like crickets. Like for us on the ambulance, the worst possible case scenario is there's no radio traffic. It's like cool for about 25 or 30 minutes. But then you just like, it's so on edge. You're like, come say something. Like, who are you? I'm talking to the radio. Come on, somebody say something. <laughs> like, I would do radio checks, you guys. I would call center. Just to make sure. Be like, 193 radio check. And I'm like, yeah, we got you, man. Okay. Like, just making sure. Make sure we're still here. <laughs> but no, you know, and then as we progressed, you know, COVID comes back around and there's short staffing. And that took its toll. And then more nurses are leaving because of just because, because it's been such a rough industry to be in. And now here we are and there's certain mandates about to drop. And I think that is where the hammer will finally fall. So what we want to touch on to that tonight with you is how did we get here? How did that progress from inside the hospital? And then we're going to touch on how that affects not only us paramedics and EMTs, but the community, yeah. you know, yeah. going forward. Cause this is not just a Genesee County thing, really. This is nationwide. Yeah. 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 So the state of New York's talking about potentially bringing in the national guard. I don't know how serious that conversation is, but yeah, it's, they need nurses everywhere. They need EMTs everywhere. Right. Yeah. So like, how did you think, is it, is it a true statement to say that COVID really is the, like the starting point of all of like where, where it turned in as far as nursing goes. 
I mean, I think that it is. It's hard to say, right, for sure, because nursing ebbs and flows sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like I remember before I became a nurse, when I still worked in the hospital in a different capacity, um, there was like a a huge sign-on bonus for nurses. And you could work any shift on any floor. Mm -hmm. And like, this is the job you want to have. We're begging for nurses. By the time I got through nursing school, you couldn't find a nursing job. Nurses were graduating and having to take jobs in nursing homes, couldn't even get into the hospital. So it fluctuates greatly, um, largely depending, I'm told, on the economy and how the economy is doing. So that's one big factor. But I think COVID definitely played a role, and to say that it didn't would be kind of naive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because you everybody had a different COVID experience, even nurses in the same hospital had a different COVID experience. So I worked on three different floors during COVID. Actually, I worked on many different floors, but I had three home floors, basically. Mm-hmm. And I was in a procedural unit that was getting no patients because everything closed, right? right. And so <laughs> these women were terrified that they were going to have to go into these crazy COVID worlds because it was new. And we're all like, ah! Um, and then I was in the COVID ICU, which wasn't even an ICU. It was an ICU that we made up just to take right. COVID right. patients. So right. that was wild. Right. And then you go down to the ER, and they're getting COVID patients, but it really wasn't a huge deal. It was because COVID was scary because it was new, but our volumes were super low. Just like what you said, no mm-hmm. radio traffic, right? You guys weren't bringing us anybody. Nobody was coming to see us. They were all terrified to come to the hospital. So for ER, it felt super slow. They're like, what are these ICU nurses even complaining about? And I'm like, they're getting murdered up there. It's different. So you could have right. such a different take on things. Right. And so I think a lot of nurses, while this was coming into the country that were close to retirement age, they were like, I'm out. I'm not, I'm not trying to do this. Right. (laughs) Right. I'm not getting taken out by this COVID thing. So they retired. And then you had people who, yeah, just got burnt out and left. You had hospitals who were laying off staff because we were sitting around in some spots, twiddling our thumbs in the middle of a pandemic. Um, And they were laying off not just nurses, but some nurse practitioners and like mid-levels lost their hours and their positions and even some doctors. So then, yeah, the numbers pick back up because the public's got to come back sometime, right? Mm -hmm. So now we have this normal volume. Okay, so but let me let me ask a question I've had for a while now. How come with the volume didn't come re-employing and increasing these hours? I feel like everybody's dying right now and it's understaffed and it could be a simple solution of hire a few more people. Like, is it, is it that simple? Could it be that simple? It's not because for some reason we don't have enough nurses in general right now. Now I think it's probably some people quit because COVID was stressful. Um, some people retired early because COVID was stressful. Then the other thing that you have happening right now is, so you have these pockets of the country that do have these outbreaks of COVID and they're looking for nurses. So they're paying insane contracts for nurses, which is pulling nurses into agency. So why do I want to work in the hospital for, you know, a normal wage if I can go work over here for five grand a week and they're paying for my housing? Yeah. And so people are leaving. So there's really not anybody to hire. <laughs> like, there's right. jobs posted. Um, 
but there's just not a huge pool of nurses to pull from. And then everybody's fighting for these agency nurses because they're a limited resource too. You only have so many of them. Um, so if you need them in three different areas of the country, you just don't have staff to hire at a local level, I don't think. Right. People don't graduate quick enough for this, right? And so, like I said, sometimes this just happens, but I think it's more severe right now than it ever has been since I've been in the field. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you guys have this same, like for us, we have a thing going on where no one's even doing, no one's in paramedic class, no one's in doing EMT. It's like, the thought of doing this as a job just fell off. You so. know, I don't know. We should have looked into that before we started. That'd be a good question to see how is enrollment at the local colleges for nurses? Right. I don't know, to be honest. And then while COVID was going on, I know that it was limited for clinical space because right. we didn't right. want to put students in harm's way, so to speak. Right. Um, that was so that yeah, was my partner too. on the road, my partner's medic program got delayed like several months because yeah. they couldn't do clinicals. But then where it did benefit them is they were like, okay, so do you work on an ALS unit? And he was like, yeah, okay. Then that'll count as your clinicals for that. Okay. Nice. So yeah. it was, it's just been recently though, that you've been able to have people ride along though and have hours. With you. Yeah. Yeah. Within the last couple months. So, I mean, that's a, and there's still and waivers half. and, right. you know, enter at own risk. <clears throat> all that business, but yeah, and so it's just a wild time. I'd yeah, like you're slowing bar. down the right educational now. process right. for a job that we need desperately. Right. <laughs> right, right. Like my daughter was, she did everything, all the prereqs, and she's in Texas, and she was wait. Oh no, she's in California now, in NorCal, and she was waiting on a nursing program. And kind of their their model is that you take your nursing program through a hospital it's all affiliated, but then you're contracted X a number of years to that hospital. But okay. she was waiting on a program and then got an opportunity to do um, dental hygienist and like made that hard left. And it was like, I'm not even like watching what's going on nationwide. And she was like, I, there's no reason, you know, they don't need her to be a nurse. They're doing, she just wanted to do it. And she was like, no, I'm not going to even, start out into something where it's going to get just buck wild. Yeah. Which I think that's where we are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so as we lose staffing now, how do you, we were kind of talking about this earlier, but how do you think that affects EMS? How does that affect our pre-hospital? I mean, well, I know that it's going to be difficult to, convey what we need to convey to nurses that aren't seasoned in our world, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So everything has a trickle down effect, right? So right. if our ICUs are backed up because they don't have a lot of nurses right now, um, we're very short staffed in our ICUs. And so that backs down to ER. So we don't have right. enough ER beds. And so then you guys are trying to bring us patients and we mm -hmm. don't have a spot for you. I mean, we're putting people in the lobby that are coming in for, by uh, rig all the time, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. which in some cases is totally fine. In some cases it's not. And so if yeah. everybody is swamped and there's no place to put 
people, then yes, if you're trying to give report to a nurse who doesn't have the experience that you're looking for while you're trying mm-hmm. to give report, or you just don't even physically have a spot to put the, the person, right. yeah, that's going to slow you guys down a lot. I mean, it slows down the care that that patient needs right in the moment. But it's also right. going to delay getting you guys back out on the street. So I know I had told you before we started recording that somebody was bringing me a patient to triage. Surprise, mm-hmm. surprise. And they were telling me how you guys were, or they were only able to respond to, is it priority ones? Yes. Okay. Well, tier one, tier one. Tier one calls. Uh-huh. And right. I was like, wait, what? So I didn't even know that that was a thing where you can, you don't even have enough EMTs out there in mm-hmm. the community to respond to all of the calls. Yeah. That's, that's pretty wild. We're critical yeah. status regularly. Yeah. Like so if I'm day. slowing the process down for you, at mm-hmm. the door of the hospital, that's delaying you getting back out on the road. So right. all of these shortages just compound together mm-hmm. and make it worse for everybody. <laughs> right, right, and that's and that's the thing. And then there's also, you know, on the kind of a side note, there's still the thing where lots of people in the community don't really know when to call for EMS and when not to, like when you could just make an appointment with your primary or go to urgent care, right. you know, like right. well, my one boss listens to this, so I'm sure I can get shafted, but is what it is. But like a lot of times if people will respond to people and if they're like, ah, that I will straight up say, listen, if you go to Hurley hospital, you're looking at 17 hours wait. This just is what it is. You're looking at 17 hours. If you can get to an urgent care, you should just go to urgent care. Yeah. Appropriately using the resources that we have. So resources are scarce. We have to appropriately use them. And then for us, um, it's people coming through the front door. Like you're sick. I get it. You don't want to be here. You don't want to wait for eight hours. I don't Mm -hmm. have a spot for you, boo. It's not because I'm trying to be mean. I'm just, well, you don't look that sick. That's not it. But the only guy coming to the back right now is the guy that you don't want to be because he's so sick. So, I mean, we feel terrible when we can't get people beds. The patients feel terrible sitting out in the lobby. It's not a good situation for anybody. Um, Mm -hmm. But it is what it is. And, yes, if we would have appropriate utilization of of our resources, it would help. Right. Every little thing that we could do from getting more staff to appropriate management would all help. Right. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. So it's, it's just, it's obvious that it's getting messy. And I think that we're in a place where we all have to just be in it together. Mm-hmm. As long as we're here to be in it together, we have to just, cause as you know, there's always been this little weird little ER nurse versus paramedic rivalry that's, mm-hmm. that's been going on since the dawn of civilization. You know, really, the older I get, though, I was going to say this earlier, too, is that I totally remember you pre-nursing. You I've been did. Around, I've been around. I was running there. around with my little cart, typing people in. Yep. And yep. then I was just like, oh, they keep bringing me patients. I have to register. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. I've been doing this a minute. But, um, but yeah, there's always been that little rivalry. You know, the older I get, the less I care about that, you know, if I... I'll come across younger, newer nurses that are super, like, bring all the shade. And, okay, 
whatever. <laughs> like, Why have is a great that, day. Though? Is it Why rivalry is- or is it just like, I'm mad that you're bringing me a patient? Like the floor treats like- us. Like the floor is like, you're calling rainpour. And I'm like, yeah, you get patients. And then we're that way to you guys. Like, oh, you're bringing us another this one. This is how <laughs> the system works. It's just, no, it's, it's wild. This is how patient care goes. Exactly, yeah, Ashley. Yeah. This is what happens. It's crazy. But like, there's, there's always been this little underlying, um, you know, that who's, Whose licensure is higher? Is it the paramedic okay. or the or the RN? Gotcha. And some paramedics will go, well, it's us. And they'll tell you it's us because we don't have to go to a doctor and get orders for everything we need to do. But, you for uh, sure have more autonomy. Right. But we do work under the guidance of a doctor. We have a medical right. control. Right. And like you slip up just like that and you're in front of them. You know, and yeah, you have well, to go I explain. I don't intubate people. Like, there's things that you do that I can't do. So and there's gross. things that I do that you can't do. Like, we're right. just different. Is it's just right. different jobs. It's different. Right. And your like job, I, I wouldn't want to do that. You, you guys just walk into whatever kind of situation. Like, people think that the ER is wild. Like, when I work on other floors, they're like, oh, my gosh, you work in the ER. It's just so chaotic, and you never know what you're going to get. And I'm like, oh, I feel like it's totally controlled. But now your job, I'm like, you're just walking into whatever sort of hot mess. Right. I can remember, too, like, when I was, when I was like, fresher and less, like, I don't, I wouldn't consider myself lazy, just more wisdom. I'm wiser now and just a little more slow rolling. But I remember I used to get so mad at registration. Me. That'd be who I was, I was mad at. <laughs> <laughs> probably. I probably yeah. gave you the business, but it'd be like, hurry up. Like, do you have their ID? I'm like, no, dude, this guy was upside down in a ditch in his car that was on fire. No, no. Like, and I'm over here like, we... well then give me his wallet because obviously we need to be able to bill his insurance. <laughs> <laughs> do you have his name? And I'd be like, yeah, John Doe. Oh man, but it's just funny. It's Ashley is wild. Ashley's come on ride alongs with us, you know, but it's never been, it's been kind of, but it's, it's been busy. It's never been wild. I figure if you come with me and Danny, it's going to, you're going to see some, it just might be the way it needs to be. And especially now, but yeah, anyway, I just think we're just, it's a situation that's, it's, in my opinion, it's sad it's come to this for you guys. You know, we have, we'll have the same kind of mandates, obviously, because I'm in healthcare. But I personally saw it differently. I have been in the military. I have all the shots anyway. So I was like, uh. and I was telling people, it's like jumping on a grenade. They'll give me it. You guys watch what happens to me. If I grow a foot out of my neck, you'll know that you didn't want to do it. You know, for you guys already had COVID, you know, you know that it's, so it's, it's just wild and it's wild that it's coming down the way it is. And what I think that people are going to find out, what I think is that the community is going to find out the hard way. Yeah. Like it's going to get bad, bad, you know, and it's not even going to be COVID sick patients. It's going to be regular, you know, chest pain, regular broke my leg regular yeah you know car accident what have you and you know i had a conversation recently with one of the hurley attendings and they were there was debate going on in the ed just amongst friends about what 
is, you know, the age old, what's a COVID death and what isn't. And he made an interesting observation. And he said with the way staffing is and the way patients are flowing in, there's a lot of patients that true, they didn't die from COVID, but they came into the ER and because of the, the way staffing is, and because of at the time, the way the units were full of COVID patients and nothing was moving because the ED is full of, you know, they have seven to 20 ICU holders in the ER. So that's taking up space and nobody can come in. So guy comes in to the lobby, just drove himself in with chest pain, has a cardiac event, you know, finally gets to cath lab just in the nick of time. But had he had a bad outcome and passed away, this doctor's opinion is that you could say that was COVID related because of, because of the big picture. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because everything is connected. Right. And so like, whether you think people should get the shot, shouldn't get the shot, whatever, I'm not even going to touch that with a 10 foot pole. But when we enforce these mandates, we're in trouble. Right. That's a fact. Big trouble. Big trouble. So your medical errors are a real thing. Yep. Medical errors kill lots of people. Uh, we're already overwhelmed. You're going to walk nurses out? What? Like, that's a danger. So everybody's acting like not getting the shot is the worst danger there is. Oh. Well, that's not accurate. You not having enough staff is a right. huge risk. Right. right. And, I'll, and I'll just throw it out there for you. So you take you yourself, you've been there a long time, you know, a lot of stuff and you've seen a lot and done a lot of things. So when those first years or second year residents are coming through, you have the knowledge and wisdom to say, Whoa, dude, slow down, hold on, wait a minute. Right. Whether they listen or not, you still have the ability to say, now, if you have someone just as new as them to the, to the industry, I mean, it's just like, Listen, that's, folks, we're not trying to scare anybody, but this is just reality. It's going to get. No, people need to know that that's what's going on, though. Yeah, so, absolutely. because that is what's going to happen, right? So, just for frame of reference, the numbers, I hear different things 30 to 50% of one of these local hospitals, I won't name names, uh, their emergency room staff are not vaccinated, but most are COVID recovered. Okay. And they are predominantly the older experienced nurses. Mm. In fact, they almost all are. Almost every single one of them. That's very interesting. So you're going to walk out your senior staff in the middle. And and let's be clear, there's nobody to replace them. So all of these ideas, like New York is going through this right now. And so maybe this will be a little learning point for our state. And they'll go, oh, well, maybe we shouldn't do those things. But some of the ideas that um, New York's public health humans, whatever they are, are coming up with is, okay, well, we're going to get more nurses to come out of retirement and work for us like we did before COVID. No, you ain't. They came back for a minute and they left again for a reason. And also that's not a big enough number. We're going to get new grads. New grads have never been enough to fill the nursing shortage ever. So no, you're not. And then the other one that I heard 
was maybe using the National Guard. Now, you would know more about this than I because you're military. But if I understand it correctly, National Guard are civilians most of the time. Most of the time, yes. So if I'm a National Guard nurse, I work in a hospital in my state. And then the guard calls me to go on duty and I leave my hospital and I go to guard duty, right? So we're Mm -hmm. just stealing nurses from other states. You got it. You're not getting another nurse. Jerk, New York. But so they make it sound like, hey, public, it's fine. We're going to get these guard nurses. That's not another nurse. It's It's the same nurse. (laughs) But if you don't think all of these things through, it all sounds great. Here, we're just going to force people to do this. And we're going to have these other people to replace them. And it's like, all either lies or very not well thought out. I'm not sure which, but it's not going to work out. (laughs) I think it's a little (laughs) bit of both, man. I think it's a little bit of both. Well, and then, yeah, and then just the whole idea of mandating people when our whole country is based on freedoms. (laughs) (laughs) Makes my head want to explode. Right. But like, but think of this, Ashley, think of this. This affects, this is how it'll affect you guys. If you need, if one same thing happens to the kids and you need to go somewhere and there's like, we are danger close to there's nowhere for you to go. Yeah. Well, and I remember... In a similar way, last year, literally telling my kids, don't get up on the, don't get up on the play place like that. It's COVID. We're not going to the hospital right now. Like I literally, there'd be times where I'd tell my kids, knock that off because we're not breaking a leg today because we're not going to the hospital. So, I mean, right now it's like, yeah, I want my kids to grow and learn and play and learn and whatever. But last year there was legitimately, legitimately moments where I'm like, no, we're not doing that because I'm legitimately cannot take you to the hospital right now. Like we'll not do it. And it'll, it will be, it'll be like that again. Well, right now it's just your crazy wait times. You come in, you're just going to be waiting there for hours and hours and hours. Right. So here's the thing that you have to, you always, I don't know. I'm stumbling over my words, but what I'm trying to get at is if you're in a leadership role and here's why I think it's important for the community to think this through also, because who else is going to force leadership stand when they're not doing a good job, right? Right. So if you're in a leadership role, you can't make emotional decisions. You have to think through the consequences of all of your actions. We've Mm -hmm. all done things when we're trying to manage a situation that on paper sound really, really good, but we didn't think through the ramifications of that decision. So on paper, it sounds very protective to force people to take a shot, but let's think this through. So what is a bigger danger? Would you rather have a nurse with 15 years of experience who already had COVID and there's actually really good data to support natural immunity, even though we're all ignoring that data. That's a different soapbox. Mm -hmm. Is she a danger to you, even though you're both wearing a mask? Or would you rather have a nurse who had her vaccine, but she's only been there for three years and she has double the patient load that she's used to having and she doesn't have the time management skills for her normal patient load. And now she's got more patients because they just fired all the senior staff. And oh, by the way, who is she going to ask questions? Right. Right. So which one would you, if you have to come into the hospital, which one would you rather have? Right. Right. And it's, and you're right. It's all based on emotion. You know, it's, it's all, we try not to, to tiptoe through this realm or stomp through it, but right now it's all based on party alliance 
you know, it, all of those things all come into play. And it's just, <clears throat> it's just, you have people making decisions and, and, and pounding their fist and dropping the hammer that are so far out of touch with the community that we serve. They don't mm-hmm. know. They don't live here. They don't care about here. And so <clears throat> these decisions are being made and it's, and personally, I'm not like a doom and gloom guy typically, but very much a realist. Yeah. That's what the military does. That's what, you know, 20 years in the first responder kingdom in Genesee County will do to a guy is make you really like a realist. And this is not something that you recover from. This is now where it's like, this is going to be really bad. For a long and time. For a long time. And the fact that, that there, there is leadership in all of the local hospitals that is just like turning a blind eye. Well, like, if, if you're high enough up the food chain, never mind. I'm not going to go there. It's so pessimistic and wrong. I'm going to leave that one down. Right. But here's what I would say to, to the community is because I've seen some things that people say to nurses about not wanting to be in the field anymore or the mandates or whatever that are just like these appalling statements. And I'm like, Oh, if you're not trained in this and you've never worked in this, that nurse might have a reason for feeling the way that she does and doing what she does. So you should not, I feel a little lighter. Tread a little lighter with that. Um, But everybody's bombarded with information from all over the place. Mm -hmm. And it's a scary time, right? Like, it doesn't matter if you're afraid of COVID or not, or you're afraid of the political things that are going on or not, like, or losing your job. Like, there's so many things we're bombarded with right now all at one time um, Mm -hmm. that I think it's very, very, very important for everybody, and including my medical professional peeps, talking to you nurses and EMTs, for <laughs> us to also understand where the patients are coming from, where the community is coming from. So yes, they're lashing out at us and they shouldn't if they don't know what they're talking about, but also they're afraid too. Mm-hmm. And so I can understand why people are making different decisions, even if it's not my decision, right? So like just being respectful of the decisions that everybody's trying to make while they're trying to navigate through these things, I think is important. But like, if you call 911 and they don't show up as quick as you think that they should, or you walk in the hospital and you don't get seen as quick as you think you should just know that we love you and we're trying. Yeah. Absolutely. 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 You know what, on that topic, I actually had last (laughs) week, we had a response like that and it just, it was, a. like middle-aged dude right in the, right in that window where cardiac chest pain is like really bad news, but it took a while. It was like pending for like on my, I get notes. We get our call through a computer and I have notes and that call had been pending for 15 minutes when I took it. So when we got there, the dude was out kind of in the South County. And when I got there, we explained what had happened. Well, it turns out this dude's a somebody and this dude is connected to, like people who represent us in this state. And he was just, he's like, I, and he like admitted to me on the way, he's like, I'm so far out of touch and just explained to me what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I went from, from nine one one to us to you guys. And I said, and this is what it is. 
And this is what things coming out of Washington, D.C. are going to cause nationwide. This. Yep. I'm like, you're lucky, dude, because it's only 15 minutes. It's going to be so worse. You are, you know, like, the general public is dangerously close to, we'll, we'll get someone as soon as we can. And the, the crazy thing is, I'm what I'm most afraid of, I'm afraid of what's about to happen to healthcare. I'm very afraid of the spin that's going to get put on it, too. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think that the community is being told, at least not around here. I think other communities do a better job of this, um, where the hospitals are extremely transparent with the community and what's happening. Um, I don't feel like we do a good job communicating around here. And so it's kind of left to the media. And and I'm not knocking them as an industry, by the way. I'm just right. saying, like, if we're not communicating, then who's doing it? Or if our hospitals aren't communicating, then you're looking at the bigger news stations and what's going on. And so the story that's being told is you can't get seen because the hospitals are overwhelmed with COVID. That's true some places. That's not true in my hospital. So when right. we all get fired, <laughs> are you going to say it's because the hospitals overran with COVID and you're not going to take accountability for the fact that it's that you furthered right. the shortage? Right. You know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's such all of it, all that together, you know, and just like as a small little snippet of how, like I, I went rogue with myself and made a Facebook post the other day. And I, what I was saying to the public is I'm legitimately envious of people who, one, haven't seen people die up close, and two, can just post statistic after statistic to tell themselves that none of this is a big deal. I meant it literal. But you know what happens with, with Facebook especially sometimes is there's this weird ambiguity filter that people hear everything through. Like, and I got put on blast and I told a couple of dudes like, no, no, dude, like, I mean that literally. I wish I didn't know the stuff I know. Yeah. There's a lot of days I wish I was just, you know, doing whatever somewhere else, not having any clue what's happening. Yeah. I mean, I feel fortunate to have been in this situation. I guess I feel like almost the opposite. I feel fortunate that I've been in the situations that I've been so that I can see the severity mm-hmm. of it. Right. And like, I was just having a conversation with my husband. I'm like, you can appreciate and respect, like have a healthy fear of what COVID is capable of, but you can also be a logical human who makes right. sound decisions that aren't going to have a trickle down effect that make things worse. Yeah. So yeah. just because it is a real thing doesn't always mean the hammer needs to go wherever it's going. Like, I don't right. know if I'm oh, saying what I'm sense. trying to say here. No, no, no. That that's exactly it. Like Ashley and I have talked about this before. I've said it a few times recently on the show is that because of the information age that we live in, because everything's one click away, I think the general public has just enough information to be dangerous mm-hmm. and they just run with it. And a lot of it, like all through 2020, I was like, dude, People would say things and it some days, depending on what my shift looked like, I'd be like, people need to just shut up. And other days I'd be like, look, they got nothing to do. They're not, they don't have the good fortune. I just, I'm out and about. I'm not, I'm one of these dudes that's been put in the classification as I get to be out everywhere. And some people are home, they're frustrated and they're just venting. Yeah. Well, and some people I think, 
want there you like you have your COVID deniers, right? They're like, mm-hmm. COVID's not real. And I'm like, bro, you <laughs> totally have COVID. Everything about you screams COVID. You can't deny it. This is what it mm-hmm. is. So you have your COVID deniers and they're just like, every, every measure is stupid and COVID's not real and the government made it up. And then you have the people who are like, COVID is the worst thing that's ever happened to the human race. And it's like, Okay, COVID's serious, but COVID's (laughs) not as bad as some people are making out to be either. Uh Truth is usually somewhere in the middle, Uh, but there's no middle left. (laughs) You can't be in the middle anymore. No, it's so lame to be in the middle. You're (laughs) attacked from both sides if you're in the middle, you know what I mean? It's just insane. Like, if I don't believe in certain measures that are being put in place, then people are like, she's the COVID denier. And I'm like... No, I think COVID's serious and you should try not to get it. But I also recognize it for what it is and what it's not. Like you can be in the middle. Right. Well, it's much, much different now. And it was much different the second time, like the second, what I like to call COVID. Oh, it was so much more mild the second go around. Yeah. Right. And, And I think, and I talked to one of the, a very, he used to work with us, a very wise young nurse. He's not young anymore, but wise nurse at a local hospital that he said it best. He said, it's not as scary. Like we know what to do. We know the steps to take. They know and the I treatments. And I feel like people were for. coming in sicker the first time. And this is just anecdote. I have nothing scientifically to back up what I'm saying, but I feel like the first wave people were like the sickest. Right. Yeah. And then, and we were getting hit around the same time that like Detroit and those areas were getting hit. Yeah. And I'm in these Facebook groups and the nurses are describing the same stuff going on. And we're like literally almost running out of ventilators. And it was mm-hmm. as wild as it was being It was trained. wild. It was and for about like three months. Right. And mm-hmm. then once ours calmed down, areas north of here were complaining that like what they were describing was what we had experienced months prior. So, Mm -hmm. and then their second wave hit after ours and it was much more calm. So it was almost like it kind of had to roll through your community, wreak whatever havoc it was going to wreak. And then the next people that got it, it was like, they just weren't maybe as sick of people Mm -hmm. or I I don't know what the reasoning for that was. Um, But partially, yes, we had better treatments, but I mean, like our treatments still aren't that great really. So (laughs) I don't think we can account all of it to that. And yeah, we knew what to do. Um, but it it was much more mild the second go round. And then for us now, the spike isn't there. Like we've been coasting at the same number for Mm -hmm. months. And so it's like that thing that's there, you know what I mean? Like it's right. And it's going to be that that's the thing. This is going to be a thing. This is what, you know, I watch and learn and and read and pay attention. This is we're at where it's not really pandemic anymore, but it's endemic, which is like the common cold. This is just going to be a couple times a year. We'll have little spikes, you know, depending on what region of the country, you know, so once you're inside and all around each other, you know, so like you hot weather states, the vitamin D that you're getting before. And if you're not doing all the preventative stuff, yeah. And that's well, yeah, that's been just, my biggest gripe through this whole thing. So you guys don't know this about me, but I'm like a little bit of a health freak. Not really. I still like eat pizza and stuff. Right. But I like like wellness and longevity yeah, and all of that. Yep. And mm-hmm. this whole time I feel like I'm the only one screaming from the mountaintop. Take care of your body. You're not the only right, one. Right, dude. You're not, not the only one. one. Why are we it's not just, talking about this? It's that it's crazy. Right. That so, is, 
Everybody is yeah. still rolling through all their favorite fast food joints and getting their gallon of Pepsi and gallon of even Coke, more, you know? man. It's wild. So <laughs> like, know? yeah, it's wild. Oh, like so even not- to this day, you can't get in a drive-through. Like when oh, it would no, be normal time, no- like I gotta grab some meat, and now they're like to the road. Like, Dude. No, they're short staffed too. Nobody wants to work. So like, we went out <laughs> to dinner, and the service was horrendous. And a family member that was with me was getting highly annoyed. And I was like, listen, they have no staff. I get this. Like, this is the same thing that happens in the hospital. He can take as long as he wants to bring our bread. Leave him alone. Like, right. Right. <laughs> right. And then nobody has well any workers. As long as he wasn't a straight out jerk. Tip yeah, well, he can take you know? three hours and I'm still going <laughs> to double his tip just because nobody yeah. can get workers. Because he but, showed up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So this poor guy's getting hammered just for showing up to work. But like, so like taking care of your body, do that. Let's, right. let's talk more about that. Um, and not to, not to downplay COVID numbers, but honestly, okay. So heart disease kills mm-hmm. about 650,000 people in the United States every mm-hmm. year. Obesity. Where, every year. Where are we at with COVID? That's our number right now from COVID. I think in the U S right. I haven't looked it up in a minute, but I think that's where we're at. And how long have we had COVID? I'm bad at time. A year and a half. Right. Yeah. A year and a half. I don't know. Okay. So it took COVID a year and a half to kill the same amount of people that heart disease does every single year. That's a huge burden on our healthcare because it's a burden we're not used to right. contributing for. So I don't want right. to downplay it. It It is what's making things horrible, but, but nobody's shutting down McDonald's. Nobody's right. talking. About, and if you get healthy, you don't have the highest risk for COVID anymore. Like, right. So when it first got here, it was like, okay, well, people can't turn their health around enough. Right. To, to do much about it. But right. it's been here for a year and a half. You can make some big improvements with your health. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Right. That's for sure. Like, like Ashley said, what are your vitamin D levels? Go get them checked. You know, right. eat right. good. Move I your mean, body. We did, we did simple things just for like, well, we just we will try to lower junk sugar stuff. We'll try to not be drinking all like the juices and the pops and all that. And then I just made sure that we were consistently on like a, the kids were on a probiotic, like vitamin, like something that was just consistently. Cause sometimes you just don't, it'd be like a month and be like, ah, oh, we got, we forgot to buy our vitamins or whatever and stuff. And so, um, like the little emergency packets with the vitamin D and C and zinc in it and stuff. I'm like, well, this will just be part of mm-hmm. my morning routine. I'll just be a little old lady and drink all my stuff in the morning. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, like my little glass of whatever, you know, so I mean, there's just even those types of things like last winter was the first winter that I would put on my snow pants and go for a walk in the neighborhood just to get out and move, you know what I mean? So yes. just those, it doesn't have to be crazy. It can yeah. be so, you know, that's, that's also really something that people don't talk about is how good working out is for mental health. <sighs> I, it's I huge. mean, it's huge for me. It's huge for me. <laughs> Like, yeah, but like you work out changes your immune system. It changes your stress and your endorphins. It even changes your gut microbiome since Ashley brought Mm -hmm. up probiotics. Um, it does so many things. And so, yes, moving your body and eating things that are good for you and getting enough sleep and all of these things that are so important and 
let's be clear because somebody's listening. Like that nurse said, as long as I just take some vitamins, I can be around everybody who has COVID. <laughs> no, she. We are not, not giving anybody <laughs> medical advice. On this this is not medical COVID advice. is still serious. We're just having a conversation, y'all. COVID is still serious. But <laughs> yep. if you take care of your body and you do catch COVID, you're going to do better. These yes. are facts. Yeah, so, right. yes. Yeah. Well, right on. Well, I think we've done a good enough job to kind of spell out, you know, I think these are conversations we'll have to have, have more of and, and keep, keep out there for the, you know, for my people, I wanted, I wanted our pre-hospital folks to hear, this is what we're in for. This is kind of our buckle up message, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> but. Yep. And let's roll it out together. Personally, we'll I kind of like this jerks. sort of stuff, but I like it when it gets a little more intense. You know? I mean, that's why we're in the industries that we're in, right? Right. Right. Because you guys so, are just a, a bunch of all day. I one. We day like maybe. to suck, man. We like it when it's bad. I no, like. I was gonna say that you guys are a bunch of asses, but I'll have to like edit that out and it'll be fine because <laughs> we're on the BA, man. We're yeah, we're we were allowed to swear, Ashley. You didn't tell me that before we started. <laughs> yeah. So, like, let's all just rock this thing out together for right. as long as all of us have jobs in healthcare. That is, and. <laughs> We'll try to be kind to you when you're bringing yes. us patients. Yes. If I roll we'll my patient, eyes, man. it's not at you. It's at the it's at the room. It's at the right. situation that's happening. <laughs> well, well, so it's you not at Jim per uh-huh. se. <laughs> it might right. be at the patient on his cot that's yelling at me. I don't know. Right. It'll be it'll be all good. Yes. And to our community, we are trying. I swear, be patient. We with are. Us. Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. like everywhere else. It's just yeah. like everywhere else right now. And, and yeah. we have to be patient as a community. Got to be patient with the community because lots of cases, they still don't know. There's, you know, I've had people, well, I will say, as you know, Nikki, there are some people who know the right words to say and they know the right, like the right, actually there's trigger words that, that change the level of acuity. Yep. So they will call 911 for having trouble breathing. Really, they just had a cold for a while or something different. Like we literally had a dude call, trouble breathing, all this history. We got there and he's like, no, man, it's nothing. It's just I rolled my knee last night and I need to ride up. In this particular case, I may or may not have just pulled the door shut. Dude, call an Uber. <laughs> but then, but then a lot of times what they'll do is they'll tell us something. And I'll treat as such, which will be not all my skill set. I might do like a little saline lock, maybe, maybe a little oxygen, possibly. Like some of these people will get like the least of my skill set because they didn't seem like. But then I get to the hospital and I go in and I tell Nikki, well, you know, lethargic, even under the weather the last few days, whatever, no big deal. I put an 18 in there, saline lock, peace out. And then she starts talking to the guy who's like, I've had crushing chest pain for like 45 minutes and had two strokes on the way and all this other stuff. And then, and if it's not her and she doesn't know the game and it's somebody new, then they're like (gasps) at me, like, what are you doing, dude? You're like, you'll see. (laughs) You'll learn. Yeah. You'll learn. It'll be okay. You go ahead and give them the full workup, young buck. Get after it. Hey, it's happened to me, man. I have brought people in where I did the full deal and I'll walk through and these guys will call them by name. 
Hey, Lou, what's up? How you doing? Haven't seen you since. Oh, earlier How's the today. dog? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's wild. Anyway. It is wild, but we'll all just be nice to each other and buckle down and do the best we can. And yeah. Be nice to your service industry people also because Heck yeah. <laughs> and your your, grocery your store service. people and everybody. I will I will say Wild too times. that I've being somebody that's not like my husband and I do not work in healthcare and we've never served in first response and but we do have family right now. We do have dear friends that are and so a couple different things I've I've both been extremely grateful to have people that I can ask both like, Hey, what's going on? But also how are you doing? Like, how can I help you? How can I pray for you right now? Like just, I love you. I'm here for you. I know this sucks right now. Um, you know, cause we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Um, just check on your people, like checking on them. Yep. Folks knowing that they have their loved ones behind them, supporting them. Well, I mean, in any times of our life, right. Having those folks in our corner, like gives us that, that strength to be able to pull through and do well and give our best and rise above all this stuff. Um, so just as the community person, like regular civilian Joe Schmo, um, yeah, like support those, um, reach out to your people and um, something that I'm thought I was good at, but not maybe as good as I thought I was, is just communicating with people with the intention to connect and understand and not just to agree, not to just manipulate people to get them to agree with you. And so I think that the more conversations that I've had with folks, it's just, okay, just help me understand has literally been the way I think I've phrased it to Jim a few times, like, okay, t- tell me because I have no idea. And this is what I see, or this is what I oh. think right now, but tell me yeah. what you see, like, tell me what, what's going on. And that has really helped me. I know it's been hard. I mean, even we've talked about this, Jim, where it's like, you're, you're sick of having the same five conversations. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. Yeah. You know? That's what and I said. I'd, and then I'll do it all and over. You asked me the same. I'll do it all over again to him because I'm like, but I trust you. Right. And I want to know what's going on and I want to know what you see. I want to know what you see um, because that's important. And also just from this, the standpoint of I need to know how I can support you as a friend, as a family member, as a community, an, another participant in this community. So um, I think that's really smart, Ashley. And I would tell anybody who's listening and even if you work in the industry, but especially if you don't get as many perspectives as you can. Because numbers are very easy to manipulate, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they don't always mean what they ought to mean. Ashley's the number girl. She knows all that stuff. Yep. Um, and then everybody has a different experience. So within the same hospital, we're can have COVID might not be big in my hospital right now, but if you're the nurse that's on the COVID floor. It's everything. It's, big, it's right. all you see all day. So there right. might be 10 of them, but that's all you see. And you live in your spacesuit and it's extremely stressful. And once these patients get so sick, they, they don't turn it around very often. And it's mm-hmm. a terrible, terrible thing <coughs> to yep. be participating in. And then if you're out on a regular floor, 
it's like COVID's not even a thing. And if you're in the ER, it's a little bit of a thing because I'm seeing them, they come in, most of them go home, a couple of them go upstairs on some oxygen and it's not. So right. there's different perspectives to right. be had from all different levels. And if you really want to know what's going on, do what Ashley did and talk to as many people as you can. Mm-hmm. Talk right. to your EMTs, talk to nurses, talk to people in different areas. But like she said, not with the intent of trying to prove a point. I've had people ask me my perspective and, oh, what was it like to work in the COVID ICU? And they're literally asking me about like labs and things like that, that I know they don't even understand what they're talking about, but they're trying to disprove that COVID is real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. but couldn't that also happen with the flu? And I'm like, no, you literally don't know what you're talking about and you mm-hmm. are not interested in my perspective at all. Um, so yeah, open listening with an open mind and you can pull together a lot of this for yourself and get more knowledgeable about what's going on. Right. Just yeah. a better life perspective on it, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's good. Absolutely. Well, Hey, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. You. Yeah. This we is fun it. to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. So everybody, that was that. Just, you know, share this episode with people, let your people know what's going on. We need to get this perspective out there. The general public needs to know what they're about to face. I mean, it'll be, you know, we kind of, I, for me personally, I can tell you guys that my whole adult life has either been either military, fire department, or EMS, or a combination. So I'm used to being an operator and being in this situation. But for those who aren't or who are new to it, you know, ask questions, ask the older, more seasoned people. And for the community, just be patient. Jim, maybe you would know. I'm not a very, um, I'm not, I've never done military and I'm not very political and I don't know things. But if there are people in the community who are listening and they're like, well, I don't really like where this is going. Are there options for the community to get involved to, to make an impact? I don't know. I'm legitimately asking yeah. here. Um, in the local area, there's several providers there's, you can, you can do like, if somebody, if someone wants to join the military, that's an awesome gig. There's recruiters. You just look them up online or in the phone book, but uh, Ascension Genesis has an EMS program. That's spot on. That's where I trained for both EMT and paramedic. They do a great job. It's a just an awesome group of people that run that. Um, who else? But like MedStar is a local company. They do an EMT program. MMR is local. They do an EMT program. Swartz, where I work, is getting ready to start an EMT program. So there's lots of ways to get involved. Um, there will be in next year in 22, we're going to establish something with this organization called the Lighthouse Experiment, where people can volunteer and do some outreach stuff, deliver some food to local hospitals and and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so there's opportunities. There's opportunities cool. all the time to jump on board. You know, kind of going back a couple of weeks, but my first day as a like my hiring in interview to Grand Blank Fire Department is on actual 9-11. So if that's not wild, yeah. I don't know what is. But is. so yeah, this is a time, man. This is a time in our country where people just like with 9-11 and things in the past, you know, this is where there's those type of people out there that this is your call and this is where you step up. Yep. This is where you yep. get in yep. and join join the ranks and 
start small, man. You can volunteer at your local hospital. Mm-hmm. There's still, I think, I don't know, maybe there's restrictions and I'm, I don't even know, to be honest with you. <clears throat> I know you used to could volunteer at your local hospital, but I don't know. And I don't think I've seen any in a while, but that you might could be call COVID and find really. out. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I didn't even know that. Yeah. So yeah, there's all kinds of stuff, you know, in the near future at Swartz, we'll be able to have people ride along. So if you're interested in seeing that's something I like to do is have people come ride with me for a, a couple of times and see if they even want to be involved. Yeah. So yeah. there's all sorts of things you can do. Reach out and get involved. Talk to people. Because yeah. as horrible as we're making it sound, and it kind of is, it's still really awesome. So come join the ranks. Right. right. We need help. <laughs> right. It's definitely the whole group of you guys that are like, ah, I see the challenge and I accept. <laughs> right. Accept this and challenge. And that is right. There will be people that will hear this and they'll accept the challenge. Yep. And regardless of what's going on, there's always seasons where people are retiring. Mm-hmm. Always. So there's always got to be those people who've got next. So. Yep. Yep. We well, see and our you local hospitals are going to be hurting mm-hmm. very soon for more help. So. Right. So get involved. That's right. Anyways. All right, you guys. Thanks for listening. Nikki, thanks for joining us. And that's it. Thank you, Freedom Center Church and Kingdom Builders. Thanks for having me. It was fun.